0: She crushes the little man with her ample bosoms. (laughs) That's right.
1: That's correct. Can confirm.
2: Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
1: Alright, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the Voice of Cinema Sins Jeremy Scott. Yowdy. And from Music Video Sins Barrett Share. Yowdy? I yowdy. said yowdy. you said
2: yowdy. It was like a yes and a howdy together. That's right. I'm inventing new words. Yowdy.
1: <laughs> Today we have a special guest returning from uh episode one hundred and thirty. That wow. came out July second, two thousand eighteen, and if you wow. look at the math, that's exactly one hundred nine weeks ago. <laughs> Scott Saba <laughs> <Yay>! is here. <laughs>
0: hey guys, thanks for having me back. Director
1: Yay! of Animal Crackers in the movie hit Netflix July twenty fourth. That is finally out for everybody to see. Um, the sort of the 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 short history of how we got in contact with scott was that there was an article in cartoon brew uh that uh, on may 4th of 2018 that uh, frank from twitter uh mm-hmm. gave to jeremy jeremy mm-hmm. gave us the thing on in june of 2018 no it was in may of, it was in may 2018 and then june we got in contact with scott Scott came on the show for the July 2nd episode and uh, told us the story of Animal Crackers, a movie that he had made, had been in the can for two years at that point um, and um, could not find distribution because of a variety of weird uh, circumstances that he relayed to us. And ever since then, we've gotten update after update that keeps making it twisty and turny. And it just keeps <laughs> happening like that. Like we would sit down with Scott, and he would be like, "All right, well, here's something that's here's something new," and you're like, "Oh, ooh, exciting!" And then, yeah, no, it's it's Lucy in the football, right? It's uh, the it's, uh, it's the whole thing. But uh, we were excited to see that it finally came out on Netflix. We had there are people who listen to this podcast who. Came on and comment on Facebook and would say, "Hey, I see there's a release date for Animal Crackers. Why didn't you guys talk about that?" And I'm like, well, because <laughs> we, I, because I didn't want to say knew. it. I, knew. We, we knew. have <laughs> we have a direct feed to the, like if that if that guy told us that it was going to come out, we would say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I don't know how. I, that's a question that I have, by the way, is how yeah. like on some national release things. This was showing up on, like, you know, January of 2019. It's coming out and all that. But um, anyway, welcoming Scott Sava back to the show. How's it been, Scott?
3: <laughs> <laughs> in
1: a nutshell, in
0: one post. Oh,
1: fine. Fine, I guess.
0: Fine, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it has been great. I, I as you were talking about all the twists and turns, I remember us having lunch in downtown Franklin at uh, McCreary's Pub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you, yeah, John Krasinski is going to come on board as a producer. He's going to help us get this thing finally out there. And then I get a phone call. I walk outside. I come back oh, in. Well, nope, ready. he's out <laughs> was-
1: during lunch. <laughs> during <Yes>. lunch. <laughs> was- yeah, that was that was so insane. You had told us about that, and it sounded like very promising and everything. Yeah. And then like get a phone call, and then like, sorry guys, that news that got you excited. No yeah. longer exciting. He's
0: starting a no. quiet place too. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's out the door. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's been, it has been, God, two years, two years of, um, everything has been an emotional roller coaster. Um, and, and my wife and I want to get off this ride at <laughs> some point. <Yeah>. It <laughs> has been crazy. Um, so, uh, to go back, I guess, uh, Two two years ago, just as just as we had met you, um, my son was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was you know pretty sick, and uh, we uh, we were coming to terms with that. At the time, he was on the lowest medicine that you know they just an oral pill, you know whatever they could whatever they could give him to make it as easy as possible for him. And, uh, and he was doing okay with that for, for that year. Um, but you know, it, it got worse over the next, you know, 12 months and, uh, he really needed to, to, you know, get something more. Um, he had to start taking shots in his stomach every two weeks. And, uh, one of the things was, you know, we'd gone at, by that point, this is now 2019, we had gone, two years I think uh without a without a paycheck, hmm. you know, dealing with the film stuck uh for two years in in Hollywood hell. And um one of the, just one of the bright spots was um we were looking for just some help, you know, just as a father, my son's in pain, he needs medicine. The shots cost thirty five hundred dollars a shot.
2: Jesus Christ. And, yeah, and it's we just
0: we we you know Tennessee had had canceled our insurance, um, they had like you know moved the bar or something like that, and so like two hundred thousand kids were taken off of the you know the mm. Tennessee uh, plan, and uh, we had no way of paying for it, and so we were talking to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, we were talking to uh, the farmers pharma- the pharmaceutical company that made it, we were talking to you know Marsha Blackburn and and, and you know uh, our representatives, anybody we were reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, and it was you know a couple days which, you know, seems like forever when your son's in pain. Uh, But it was a couple days of just reaching out to everybody I could. And then one day Ian McKellen retweets, you know, my plea. And then suddenly I go from, because, you know, I've got like maybe 2,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I go from like 30 people to like 10,000 people tweeting Mm -hmm. and sharing and retweeting and whatever. And I kid you not, within an hour, we got a message from Abvi, the, uh, the pharmaceutical company who said, we saw the tweet storm. We want to send you a year supply of shots for him. Yeah, And I still get, I still get teary-eyed when I say it, but, uh, that, that saved his life. I mean, that, yeah. that, you know, within, I think within three days he had the medicine, he had the shots. We were, we, we met, um, at uh, Vanderbilt Children's Hospital where the nurses showed him how to, you know, to do it. And, um, yeah, it was it was amazing. So, you know, there was there's a, a bright spot before I get into more of the dark stuff, but I just kinda of <laughs> wanted to start off with that. That is it a bright thought. spot. What is you're that, saying um, is that
4: Ian McKellen really is a superhero then. He
2: really, he's, he's a wizard.
1: <laughs> is that something that he is going to have to constantly do throughout his life? Or is he going is, to, is there some end to, the, to all that after? Several for now,
0: years? I mean, he's been on it for a year now and he is, he's gained 30 pounds. Um, he's healthy. He's doing so good. Um, he, for now, until they come up with a cure. Um, the good mm. news is they feel like, like they're getting close to a cure. So, um, so that's good. But the, the crazy thing is, is it's an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. which is just the worst thing you want to have during a pandemic like this. Yeah. And yeah. so we we, we really, you know, Jeremy, you were mentioning about my quarantine day 100 and so we yeah. haven't left the house other than, you know, we'll, we'll go for drives, we'll go biking and you yeah. know, we'll go to Publix. Um, just one of us, you know, we'll run to Publix, but yeah, it's, it's been crazy
1: yeah mm. um so it, when we last left you, the movie was uh going to the shanghai film festival, and four weeks later it was uh released in China to twelve thousand screens. now, yeah. what was the experience like for that? Do you remember much about that at I, all
0: i do it was it was really cool um I mean they wanted me to go out there as the director um as, as the co-director. And, uh, I, I'm just terrified of, I'm, I'm not a good traveler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, like Spain is, is the farthest I've gone. And I think, <laughs> you know, that, that was, that was a stretch, but China is like, like asking me to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I was just just the thought of it just terrified me. Fortunately, my co-director Tony Bancroft directed Mulan and he loves going to China. Uh, and so yeah. <laughs> he's every time they would ask me to come out, I would say, no, 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 take 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 Tony. <laughs> he, yeah. he's, he's famous. I'm not, you don't want me. You don't want you don't want me. Yeah. And uh, so Tony went out and they had uh, characters. They had a giant like Owen as a hamster. They had a bullet man. <laughs> they had Chesterfield the clown. They had, he, he did the, um. The, the the graduation ceremony for a college. I mean, they, you know, like he did like a Vanity Fair China magazine cover, you know, he's awesome. holding a cigar and stuff. I mean, <laughs> it was this huge thing. I was so, I was laughing because I was so thankful that wasn't me. I mean, it was just, I, I mean, it, I, if I was there, I would have felt like Derek Zoolander, you know, where they're going, dance monkey, dance, you know? And, and that's how I would have felt. And, and I just, I was just sitting here, just soaking it all in from, the other side of the world, going okay. That's pretty cool. They were marketing the heck out of it. It was just amazing, and and to, to see it. And I, I was tracking the I was tracking the progress of it in China. And it, there was a funny thing, and I guess this is par for the course. Was at the last minute, it was supposed to be on twelve thousand screens, which is unheard of. You know, out here, that's like three times the amount of like a. a like the best wide release you could get Hmm. supposed to be on 12,000 screens. And at the last minute, because of the politics that were going on between America and China at the time, which, I mean, I guess they're still going on that way, but, uh, they pulled all, they pulled like, uh, 8,000 screens. All of the American speaking, except for like maybe two or three, um, you know, theaters, but they, it was all in Chinese, which was dubbed. And Mm -hmm. even that the film, the film, you know, we never really had a chance to do the final sound mix and there was some dialogue that was still missing. And so it had like a guy who wasn't John Krasinski doing the narration. And, and it was just, it was really, really weird. And they, they edited things out Hmm. um, Hmm. because, because it's China and they, they wanted everybody to be as, Chinese looking as possible. So Brock, whose blonde hair got his shots were cut out. Binkley got cut out. Huh. Wow, as much as possible it could. Um, it's just you know it's it's a communist country and and they have their way of doing things. Um, but it was just very interesting to see what what they cut, what they didn't cut, how things were changed. They got rid of uh, my wife Donna plays Petunia, the fat lady, huh. and uh, they got rid of her smooshing, as they put it. She crushes the little man with her ample bosoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. That's
1: correct. Can confirm.
0: <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I found that offensive, and uh, anyway, so it was. It was really uh, just an interesting experience, and I was so thankful to do it from the comfort of my hobbit hole. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it did it did well enough. I mean, it was the number one animated movie for three straight weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it really could have done a lot more had they had the full full thing but um it was yeah it was an experience
1: yeah (laughs) it was an experience (laughs) Uh, from then on though we you know we we kept getting updates from you and it was like uh, you know it was you kept having this you know this battle basically to try to get this thing up and i think you were pretty close weren't you to just th- throwing the thing on YouTube and just say,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was, we would call it the nuclear option. And, yeah. uh, and, and it was just something that we were just, you know, you get so frustrated that you're just like, you know what? I just want to just throw it up on, up on YouTube, you know, and I never was going to actually do it, I mean, mm-hmm. it was stupid, but yeah. you know, you're just <laughs> like, I just, you know, you, but you know, there's just days where you just, you just want to just say, you know what? Fine. I, I I'm done with this. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to say days. There were literally three years of that. Um, you know, I, 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 I was at some really low lows and, uh, where you just, you feel like everybody's against you, you know, between you know, were on our third distributor. It was, I think, Byron Allen was, you know, was who we were with at the time. And, uh, and he just sat on the film for 14 months, just 14 mm-hmm. months. Just, nothing Hmm. while we pleaded and pleaded and begged. And can we just, and you know, and we, we eventually got the film back uh, at the beginning of 2019. You know, I, I just, I didn't have finances to hire a lawyer. I didn't have any big brother studio or any big name producer who could make any kind of threat. So I was completely powerless for three years. And uh, you know, I just, you know, you you want it, You want to just burn it all, you know, when when that happens. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I didn't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can know, remember I, I had my, my finger over the send button on YouTube a few times.
4: Well, I have uh, I, I have a few memories of early on with. CinemaSins struggles that we have since largely overcome where I was frustrated enough that I I think I said to Chris at one point, I'll burn this motherfucker to the ground before yeah. <laughs> I let somebody take it from me. Uh, so yeah. I mean in some small way I can relate and not on any way the scale that no, we've you, gone through.
0: You can relate. But see, you guys remember that Stallone gave me the, the, the Rocky talk too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. where yeah. He looked me in the eyes and he said he told me his story and how he fought while he was sleeping in his car and he fought the studio to get his to get to Star and Rocky. And then he looks me in the eyes. And he said, don't let them take it away from you. Mm. So, of course, I'm sitting here going, well, I screwed that up three times now because I'm on my third distributor. Who really screwed me. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, you're just when you have investors who are demanding their money back um, and you have a studio offering you tens of millions of dollars. So that way you could pay your investors off and then they renege on the deal. You know, it's like you don't know what to do. But the thing is, is you're, you're trying to do what's best for everybody. Um, but that that Rocky pep talk just kept haunting me, you know, for three years. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Rocky. can imagine. I'm that sorry was... I tried.
1: <laughs> that was the thing from the, the first time we talked to you that but... – like really stood out a lot more, uh, for some reason, I don't know. I mean, it stood out probably even during that first time, but it was, it, it was good to be reminded that you had a studio that said, let's do this. And then at the last minute, they're like, nah, we're not going to do this. And then, then they charged you a hundred grand for their services. And then when you didn't pay it, they sued you. And then the, on top of this, uh, you know, I think they sued you three times is what, is what you said. Um, and they know they don't have a case, but they can just, but it basically keeps the, the movie from going anywhere else at that point, because every studio sits there and says, oh, you're getting sued for a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you get that, get that off the books, then you can, but that never happens because they keep, you know, they keep re-upping and re and doubling down on the whole yeah. thing. Um, which is, uh, you know, this is. I was sitting there going, "This should be legal," but I'm like, <laughs> "Like, what's the, you know, like, how in the world do you write a law that's that that's you know that prevents this kind of thing? You know, it's so arcane and fucked up and everything. Like, we should it,
0: call it the Animal Crackers Act. Yeah, exactly." <laughs>
1: Exactly. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, something about a frivolous lawsuit that prevents you from going, uh, going elsewhere with the, uh, with your, with your own business and everything. Uh, I think it's,
0: I think it's innocent until proven guilty is what it should be. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: so at the beginning of 2019, you have your movie, right? Like it's in I your possession.
0: I did. I did. We, we got our movie back. It's, it's in my possession solely. And I was having, you know, I, I, I guess this was right before you and you guys and I had lunch, but, um, we thought, okay, we finally got the movie back. See, the, 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 thing about this is when your film sits for, you know, this was two years at the time when your film sits between three different distributors for two years, it's like, um, it's like if you're trying to sell your house and you have three different buyers who come in, to take it off the market for say six months uh and then they don't have the money to buy it so you get the rights back or you know so you you cancel the deal and you go and you put it back on the market the gossip is well there must be something wrong with the house Mm -hmm. and and it has nothing to do with that it has to do with you were you were promised something and then they couldn't fulfill their promise and um so here we are and that's all anybody's saying is well what's wrong with the film we heard that this film is cursed. We heard that this film is trouble. We heard that this film, and it's like it's like you're in high school, and uh, and I just, I, you know, I, I'm I'm out here in Franklin, Tennessee, and I'm hearing this from Hollywood. I'm going, I don't know how to make you people smarter. I don't know how you <laughs> mm-hmm. just just watch the film. You don't have to listen to the rumors. Just watch the film. If you don't like the film, and no one no one didn't like the film. They would say, oh, we saw the film. We love it. Think it's great but what's wrong with it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So oh. that's what we were dealing with. So, we, you know, we started talking to other studios, smaller studios that, that were willing to take a smaller risk. And, uh, and I think it was at that time that we kind of reached out to John Krasinski to say, you know, look, um, maybe if John came in and we gave him just the ability to, because he had just done A Quiet Place, it was doing really well, or it had done really well, and, um, you know, maybe he could take a crack at just as a producer, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do a recut of the film. So that way it feels fresh for, for Hollywood, the new John Krasinski edit. Mm. And, uh, and so that's what we were talking about. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, you're talking to the agents and the agents are talking to John. And, uh, so it's never like I got on a phone with John or anything, but, at the time that you guys and I were having lunch, it was, yeah, he said, yes, you know, this looks, this, this looks like something he's going to do. And so that's what I'm telling you. And then I get a phone call and, and I don't know what transpired in the time, in the one hour from when we we ordered lunch and then when lunch was done, but We got a phone call, and and it was just like you know, yeah, he's he's going to be tied up with a quiet place too, and uh, and so I I I honestly don't know because I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it, Um, but those are the the kind of just emotional roller coasters you go through, and um, I I don't know I, I I. we, we're, we're starting to get a little bit more used to it in some way, but it is it, it has been crazy mm-hmm.
1: So what uh, happens from this point where it eventually gets on Netflix?
0: Oh, there's still so much more I know, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to get you to get that's what yeah, I'm yeah. trying oh, to get at yeah. <laughs> um, So I, I, I was just, I was, you know giving you guys a, 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 a space if you want to interject, because otherwise I'll just keep talking No, no, you can talk you
1: the whole time that's
0: what we're here um, for Well, uh, so what happened after that, I think that was in, what, maybe, what do you think, guys, February or March?
1: Yeah, February. Right right. I mean, it sounds right. Right. right.
0: Okay. So uh, that year, last year, was the the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, and I know it's Cannes, uh, France, <laughs> but I, I can't not say Cannes. <laughs> um, and so it was the, the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, we weren't showing or anything like that, but Michael Favel, who is our uh, foreign sales agent, he was the one who helped us get our initial financing. He was the one who... Uh, sold several territories, and, and he's he is our executive, produ- uh, executive producer. He's just a really good guy, he lives in Australia. And uh, he was at the, the, the film festival. And this was coincidentally at the same time that Disney Plus was coming out. So Disney Plus was coming out last year. All of their content was coming out. And I, I think maybe they might have already been out. And um, suddenly Netflix was looking for animation and they approached him and we were at the top of the list. Hmm. And uh, so we we had this wonderful opportunity and the amount of money that we were going to get was going to pay the investors off and it was going to pay me. It was going to pay everybody who was owed money. We owed money to Screen Actors Guild. We owed money to uh, you know, other people. You know. So uh, it was going to pay everybody off. So it was a wonderful opportunity. And you know Netflix having so many millions of subscribers, it was a just a perfect, perfect match made in heaven. So we start negotiating the deal. Everything is going good. Everything is going fine. And just before we sign the the paperwork, I get sued by one of my investors Mm. in in federal court. And, um, And so it was just this, you know, are you kidding me? And and I, you know, we got served papers, and they hired some guy who calls himself the Pitbull of Hollywood. He represented Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. And lovely, uh, you know, Jesus, yeah. It's like, like you know, he got the biggest, baddest, meanest guy um, that he could find, and um, and we're broke. You know, again, we're we're now on year th- two or three without any any funding. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to try to track down all of my dates, but you know, we're, you know, we're worried about my son's, uh, medicine, you know, the, the shots and one. yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. I had mentioned this earlier. I'm sorry. I'm going back and forth so many times. Uh-huh. Um, so this is now 2019. My son was going on the, the shots. Um, so we're dealing with my son needing to get shots, dealing with the whole thing with Ian McKellen and, uh, and, and AbbVie, the, the pharmaceutical on top of a lawsuit. And so we're kind of freaking out. We don't have money. And I just told my wife, I said, um, I'm going to defend myself in federal court. And uh, and she's like, you went to art school. Yes. That's a very wifely
3: answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: It's Here's not you're crazy. It's you went to art school. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you didn't get A's even in art school either. You didn't yeah. get like art
1: school. Yeah, let's um, not and let's not point out the obvious that you're not a lawyer, but that you yeah. that you didn't have Five the education to of a lawyer at all. You went to some other vocation. You know, it's like even more uh, withering to say to say that than just to point out you're not a lawyer. You know. <laughs>
0: It could have been, but you're bald, but I guess, the, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did have one ace in the hole, and that is I have seen every episode of Law & Order. There you oh, go. there it is. There I you go. It. There it is. I really, <laughs> I, yeah, the dun, dun. I yeah. was good to go. Um, and so I went, and I went to Kinko's, and I spent $100 for my rebuttal, in copying and faxing and everything. And I did this amazing, amazing rebuttal, 130 page thing, uh, document. And I responded and then, uh, and then I found out that I could do it online. I didn't have to fax it all in. Nice. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so then after that, I was for six months defending myself against the pit bull of Hollywood and, uh, And my wife was coming downstairs going, why do you look happy about this? I'm like, this is actually pretty fun. This is pretty cool. You know, like like I'm I'm hoping, I mean, I I know I'm just here home and I'm just sending briefs in and whatever, but it's like, I want to say objection, your honor or something like that, you know, but but it was, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. Cause you know, we, we, we got the, the medicine from, uh, from Sir Ian and, uh, you know, we were, we were doing okay. We were holding up. Okay. Uh, but by the time November came around and and Netflix was still on board the whole time, which was great but by the time- no, uh, November came came around, we were just we're going, okay, we only have six more months of um, medicine for him for free, and we need to get some money we need to to do something and um Michael Favelle was just you know our our foreign sales guy was just so. Cool. He he knew what was going on, and he spoke to Netflix, and and uh, he came up with a compromise that that kind of worked for uh, both the investor and myself, where Netflix gave us some money that we could live on for the next couple of years, and you know get get insurance and everything. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't good. <laughs> Stallone would be upset with me because I gave everything up to the investor, but I really just didn't have a choice, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Um, I had to do it for my son, and it was it was really hard to just sign everything away, uh, but I did. And in, in return, Netflix promptly paid me, and uh, we were able to uh, get insurance, and and you know, and we're we're good. We're we're able to, and you know, a few months later, the pandemic started, and we were able to weather it. You know, which which is is amazing. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at the positives, you know, I, I lost, I lost $2.5 million, um, which was going to be the kids college and, you know, probably our retirement. Um, I lost that, you know, I had to Mm -hmm. give that up for like $150,000, you know, but, um, it's, it was, you know, it's the sacrifices you make for your kids. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the immediate need and, and just, you know, uh, hopefully if the film does well, I thought, yeah, you know, maybe I can get a second shot at this, you know, maybe next time I'll pay myself first, because, you know, I, I did, I did what I thought was the right thing, making animal crackers, which was, you know, um, I got, I got $150,000 to write it. And, and that went to pay off all of the family and friends who lent us money while we were on food stamps and, you know, the previous years, you know, cause the life of an artist is those ups and downs. And, uh, so basically that, and then we lived off of my wife's $45,000 salary. You know, we just, we, we did that and, and whatever other money we can get, we pocketed away and, and that got us up to that point. So, but we thought, okay, we'll put all of our, it was kind of a captain goes down with the ship kind of situation where you're saying, you know, look, um, I want, I want the investors to know that, um, I believe in this too. And so I'm going to put all of the money that I should get paid on the back end, and, uh, and, and I'll get paid after the investors get paid. And, um. And that didn't just didn't happen. It all got taken away. Um, So, you know, it's again, I don't want it to, I don't want this to sound negative. It's just one of the, one of the downs, you know, but, but we Netflix did come in and they saved us. And, uh, and that was a wonderful thing. And then it was just a matter of, okay, now let's prepare this thing. And we had six months to prepare for, you know, this weekend. And that was roller, roller coaster, into itself as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll take a break there so I can um, pause. <laughs> one,
1: one, uh, one interjection here though is you said just as you were about to sign the papers an investor sued you. Um is do you do you get the sense that they I mean do do investors know that you're about to sign a deal? Is that the reason why that person came out of the woodwork to sue you? They knew that was about to happen and so they prevented you from signing. What would have happened if you had signed before this investor even came out, you know, came out of the blue?
0: Um, I mean, I could speculate, uh, and, and, and my speculation is, is, um, they wanted all the money. Um, mm. had, had I signed it, uh, I would have distributed the money to everybody else who was owed money. Um, but instead, um, that particular investor kept it all. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, it, 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 that's again. That's just my speculation um, for any of the investors' lawyers who are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I am not <laughs> slantering <laughs> or anything, but that that's that's how, that's what I believe. Um, possibly was his motivation.
1: Mm-hmm. But they, I mean, did you did you think that he knew that you were about to sign? Oh
0: um... no, we kept we kept all the investors. Uh, uh, I mean, of course, all of the investors knew of everything oh, okay. along the way. They knew about it. And so that's why I'm speculating that that was the motivation to sue before we signed.
1: Yeah. And Cause when really. I, when I, when I heard, when I hear the story told in the way of we're about to sign on the dotted line and then some investor comes in and sues yeah. you, it sounds almost like, well, how did he know? Or did, did he know? Is it just a coincidence yeah. or whatever? But uh, obviously, he knew that the, or you he know, or she knew the uh, the the deal was about to get
0: signed. I was in constant contact uh, almost on a daily basis with, you know, all of my investors for the last three years easily, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it was, like I said, it, it, it was uh, really disappointing, um, especially knowing what we were going through. Um, I, I was just really disappointed that uh, there was no humanity to it. And I think that's the thing that I took away from this whole experience these last three years was just the lack of humanity um, in, in people that, that mm-hmm. we had to deal with, uh, you know, whether it be the other, the, the previous distributors, um, the lawyers that I was dealing with, the investors, um, they, knew, they knew before they got involved with me that I was um, an artist who created mm-hmm. something and, and made it out of passion for my kids they knew I wasn't able to defend myself. They knew I wasn't able to repay a, you know, $5 million loan or a $10 million loan or whatever it might, they knew that. And they knew, um, they knew what my heart was and they knew that I wasn't, I wasn't in any way trying to hurt anybody in doing so, you know, I was just as any artist is going to do is following their, their passions, following their dreams. And, um, and even even telling that pleading um, still didn't get uh, there. There was you know I, I, I guess I kept hoping for that Grinch moment, you know, where <laughs> their mm-hmm. heart beat. was the three sizes or ten sizes. <laughs> it was three. But you know, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for someone to say, you know what. I I understand. I have kids too. I would do anything for my kids too. And you know what? I know the sacrifices you made, and I know you didn't. I know you're owed this money, and 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 I guess the crazy thing is, is that you know, my my net worth is like, I don't know, twenty six dollars, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 you know the people I'm dealing with they have a net worth net worth of two hundred three hundred million dollars, you know, and and you know, so the 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 amount of money that would change my life that I'm owed and, and, and you just, you, you can't knowing, you know, I'm telling you this will change my life. It's money that is owed to me and you're taking it away from me and my family. They will not be able to go to college. They will not be able to, to, you know, I I won't be able to afford medicine for them. And their, their, their response is too bad. It's not my problem. Mm. And I think that really, that, that lack of humanity really, really, hurt me. And, um, I don't think, you know, I don't know if I can ever get over that. I don't know if I could ever trust people again. And that's the thing is, um, you know, I, I, anybody who knows me knows that, um, I, I, I at least try to be the best person I can. And if I make mistakes, I try to grow from that. Um, I want to learn, I want to grow as a human being. Um, but when I see, I've dealt with so many people who lack that basic ability to to have any compassion, uh, to have any empathy. I, I just—it's scary to me that that this is the world that I'm bringing my my boys up in. It's just scary to me.
2: And it's not just Hollywood, right? This is this is all over the place. You, you think yeah. about yeah. Hollywood as being soulless and and kind of cutthroat and that kind of thing, but this is all over the place, right?
4: Dude, I have, again, nowhere near the same scale, but just so people understand how bad like the litigious nature of our country is. Like I had a water leak in my apartment before I got married. I was living alone water leak from the apartment above ceiling collapses all over my computer, my TV, my couch and the apartment complex local people. We're like, oh, you have to deal with corporate to get reimbursed for this. I call corporate. They leave me on hold for an hour. I call corporate again. They leave me on hold for an hour. I hire a lawyer. That lawyer costs $100 an hour. They leave him on hold for an hour knowing it's wasting me money. And I eventually got like $100 out of it. So (laughs) (laughs) there are plenty of companies bigger than you who know you can't afford to go to court who will use that to their advantage. It happens every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, did you guys see the, the Mr. Rogers uh, documentary? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that moved me.
2: Oh yeah. That
0: moved me. And, and, and seeing him going up against uh, Congress to go get money for PBS. And the guy that he, that he was talking to was a soulless bureaucrat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're never going to change my mind. And all it took was just some, words of kindness and hope and, and, and you just, you see that moment where that guy's heart melts. And, and so I, you know, I, I assumed that if you're a good person and you're, and you're trying to do good things and you're honest and you're giving that I could emulate that and that I could affect you. I'm no Mr. Rogers. (laughs) You
2: need more cardigans, Scott. You need a cardigan, and you need some sneakers yeah. that you change in the middle of the hearing, and yeah, that would have worked.
0: Change to sneakers, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think that was my biggest disappointment was that, um, you know, I I really, I just, I, I felt like I was seeing the worst of humanity, and mm. uh, and 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 watching it hurt my family, made me feel powerless. You know, yeah. that that was it. But um, but you know to move on to to better things, um, we did deliver the film. Uh, one of the things that was really awkward was I didn't get to deliver the film.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. the investor did, <laughs>
0: um, and so we didn't get to edit the film. Mm. Uh, so Tony Bancroft and I we never got to see the the final edit of the film. Uh, yeah. So it was just really weird, and uh, you know and and so there were changes made. There were uh, our, my, my family got cut out of the, the credits for the for the, you know, my son, Brendan plays Owen at 12. Mm-hmm. My wife plays Petunia, you know. Um, so there's there's just some weird stuff that, you know, you you watch the film because we were so excited to see it when it came out. You watch it and you and, and you have to kind of hold your breath and go, it's OK. It's OK. I know this isn't. I know this was something that it's OK. My film, I'm still watching a film that I made. And, and it's that constant battle of um, look at the bright side. Don't focus on the negatives. You know, it's, it's like they say, if you get a hundred good reviews and one bad review, you to focus on the one bad review. And it's, and it's, it's just true for everything. And so we just had to keep, it was like a mantra. It's okay for 30 days. It's okay. Don't, don't let that stuff bother you. It's okay. It's okay. So as we're, as we're, you know, we delivered the film we're, we're 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 staying positive our son has insurance um uh, we were working with uh, sony who has the music rights we were working with mcmillan who has the book rights and they were so excited and uh, and so that was really fun and um sony uh had asked us to um they were doing uh, it's like music commentary like little two minute clips where um you know, they, they, they get, uh, the, the composers to talk about, here's what I was thinking for this scene. And they just talk about the music. And, uh, so they said, can you get Bear McCreary to, uh, to do a you know, little bit of commentary? And I said, can I, Oh my God. Be fun. <laughs> so uh, I said, well, do you mind if I also reach out to Huey Lewis and Michael Blay <laughs> and Queen and everybody else? And they're like, sure, no problem. <laughs> so, um, I reached out to bear bears. Like, yeah, not a problem. I reached out to Huey. Huey's like totally cool. Toed the wet sprocket, Howard Jones, all good. Couldn't get through to Michael Bublé. Couldn't get through to Howard to queen. Um, and, uh, and floor East was the last, uh, musician who I actually, I'd never met floor East or queen. Um, Mike, Michael's just off doing what he's doing. And, and, uh, but I got, uh, I got to sit down. The first person I, I sat down with was uh, Huey Lewis and we did a Zoom call. And and we just sat and well, first 15 minutes was my wife and me, because my wife's like, You're not speaking to Huey Lewis without me present. So it was it was, you know, she she uh She got all dolled up, and we we got on the uh, the Zoom chat, and we we chatted. She got all dolled up. She had her uh, denim
2: jacket on, like
0: hairspray. (laughs) 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 Like she, the first time I ever spoke to Huey, my wife was walking so close to me that she was bumping me in the back. You know, that I had to stop the phone call and say, "I'm sorry, Huey." My wife was just, my wife's going to trip me if she does it, if you don't say hi to her. And so she's, you know, and, 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 you know, he's like, hi, I'm, I'm you know, hi Donna, I'm Hugh." And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm speaking to Huey Lewis. This is the coolest thing ever. I'm like, okay, Donna, you're done here. All right. We're here. Um, but she, yeah, she has had the biggest crush on him forever. And uh, so we, we spoke and then, you know, we kind of said, okay, Donna, we got to go. And we, we, we did this talk where we just, talked about the good stuff. Now he's been dealing with Meniere's disease, yeah, his loss of hearing. Now that would be like me as an artist losing my sight. And, and, and I said, I, how are you handling this? And he said, you know, I've had a good life. You know, I, I got a lot to be thankful for. And he goes, there's a lot of people that are much worse off than me. He says, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm okay. And I was just, uh, you know, I, I, He's been such an inspiration and, and we spent an hour just talking, just talking about how we met. And um, he, (laughs) this is Huey Lewis. And I finally, you know, it's like, oh my God, Huey Lewis is going to give us a song. And he sends us this new song that he had just written called While We're Young. Now, I was thinking we were going to get the power of love, you know, like something like that. Right. But he sent us this kind of folksy, slow kind of just groove kind of thing. And I was looking for a dun, 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 dun. And So I actually sent a response saying, Huey, love the song. Not really what we're looking for. Got anything else? That is the biggest embarrassment of my life because in about, two days time about 48 hours my wife and i could not stop humming the song
3: yeah
2: we kept
0: uh, it over and over we're like song. this is such a good song to it was like i emailed him back i was like hold up forget what i just said because <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking like an opening song yeah. that's what we were looking for is like the opening song and this was going to be this thing this was before we had the welcome song at the beginning mm, so this was something yeah. we were going to have like a credits and and an opening thing. And it was going to be this Huey Lewis power of love type of song. So we found a spot and we put um, uh, the, uh, the Huey song where Talia and and Bob fall in love and it was perfect. But of course now on video um, I have this interview where Huey's joking about how stupid I was for actually saying
2: (laughs) that. What's (laughs) funny, you you shared this video and it seems like he remembers this very vividly. He's like, yeah, you turned me down by the way. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> he's
0: like it's, and he calls me cute for you now, yeah yeah
1: did he think he, he obviously i guess he didn't respond in those two days while you were getting used to the song um but did, do you think he kind of knew as an artist that it might take you a couple of days to kind of come around so.
0: I hope so. That would make him seem like more of a wizard to me. (laughs) I I really do. He's like, just wait, you know, he's just doing that. (laughs) It's going to happen. (laughs)
3: It's
0: like, Uh,
2: stanza.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And if he'd said anything, he might not have, he may have continued to revolt against it. You know, if he'd said, (laughs) if he came back and said, just give it a couple of days, trust me.
0: And then, you know, (laughs) I think it was just, you know, it was so funny. And then, you know, Huey, Huey would come out to Nashville. You know, he would do, he was on tour. He, this was before he had many years. And he would come out and he would say, Hey, I'm going to be in town. You want to get together for lunch? And uh, my wife's already in the car waiting. And uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not until Tuesday, dear, but uh, all right. yeah, yeah. we would, we would go, we would hang out and he would call me. And he's so funny. He's like, you know, uh, uh, he would say, uh, cause it's, his number's blocked. So it's was like, um, Scott Sava this is Huey Lewis, huge fan of yours. How you doing? You know, like he, he would just, he was always so positive, always so fun. And, uh, so I got done with the, with the interview and I had to take a 40 minute conversation and chop it down into two, you know, maybe two, two and a half minutes. And, um, and I just, I was looking at it going, that was really fun. And I also went, Holy crap! I got to get a microphone because I sound like I'm in a tin can. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> does these days, man. It doesn't matter
2: if you're on like a Parks and Recreation like reunion or whatever. Everybody sounds like shit these days on <clears throat> any sort of thing.
0: Well, that's that's why. So, um, so my next call was with Howard Jones. Nice. And uh, Howard Jones is the sweetest person in the world. Um, he is. He and his wife, Jan, came out and sat in the Hobbit hole and watched the movie with us and drank tea and just enjoyed it. And then Mm -hmm. this was the day of his concert in Nashville. He then said, I got to get I got to get back to my to the to the bus so I can go get ready for the concert. Goes to the concert. He invites me and Donna to, you know, to the concert, gives us tickets. Me being deathly afraid of just crowds and everything like that. I I sent um I said, you know, Donna just in, invite uh, her friend Kim to go with you and uh because I just I don't know if I could do it. And um so they went and then Donna messages me saying Howard says he wants you to come backstage after the show and listen to the song he's already started writing it. I'm like, "Oh my god, so I pack the kids up because <laughs> I think well, I know they were, they were about 13 at the time. I think I was able to leave them home with a video game. And, uh, and I, I drove out there and he met us and we got to walk backstage, which was so cool. We got to walk backstage, go onto his tour bus. And he played us a song. Like, here's the beginnings of a song that I've been, you know and it was, it was, it was his songs, you know, stay with me. And, um, and it was just, amazing. And, and, and just like Huey, he would follow up. He would call me, he would check in on me. He would, how are you doing? Cause he, you know, he saw, cause this was back in 2015, you know, 2015, maybe wow. 2016. And so he saw everything that was happening. He saw everything that we were going through. And uh, so he was the next call. And because it had been so long, both, you know, uh, Huey and Howard and uh, the guys from Toad the Wet Sprocket we had had history together because they weren't, they didn't come in, do their job and leave. Mm-hmm. They came in and then they, they wanted to help out. They offered uh, support. They, they would check in. They would, you know, when they were in town, we would get together and we would talk. And so we had so much to talk about. And uh, he was so encouraging. And, and uh, so, so that's out there. And that was um, actually, I think uh, that, that one hasn't gone out yet on, on Sony, but um, so we did that one. So again, I had all of this extra footage. Uh, and then I did Bear McCreary, and then I did Toad, and uh, again they were all such wonderful experiences that I said I've I've got to I've got to take this and I've got to put some of this together. It was so cathartic for me, just like just like the, the call with you guys, the interview with you guys two years ago. Um, it was so cathartic to to just kind of just get it out and and um, and but in this case we were just talking about only the good stuff. It was just only the positive stuff. And so I, I sat down after I delivered the two minute uh, shorts to Sony, I sat down and I took the longer ones and I cut them and I called them tales from the Hobbit hole. And, uh, and, and I have them and I'm going to post them at some point. But I had such a good time doing those four interviews that I called Tony Bancroft. I called uh, Dean Laurie, my co-writer. Uh, I spoke to James Arnold Taylor, who's Buffalo Bob and Lydia Taylor, who's, um, who's McKenzie um, I, I, i spoke to Drew Struzan, uh, the, the, the poster artist. I'm going to be talking to Gil, uh, uh, uh Greg Hildebrandt. It uh, was another, everybody who worked on the film, I'm going to be giving them a call. And I, we're just going to talk about the good stuff. We're going to talk about those three really good years where we did some amazing things together and we made a movie by ourselves and, and just all of that fun stuff, you know, and, and I, and I'm just looking forward to that. It's almost like a, like a video scrapbook. Of, of, of you know, my my best summer, you know, kind of thing. And, <laughs> uh, and so I've really been just enjoying that and looking forward to to doing more of those. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think you have a
4: exceptionally uh, grounded approach to this whole thing. I think if I had been through what you've been through, I don't think that I could, I don't think I would still have the energy to be looking <laughs> for the good stuff. And, you know, I just, I, I commend your, whatever it is that character that you possess that I think is very singular um, to, to see the brighter side of things, despite how, how dark it has been on some of these days. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Now (laughs) I I think, you know, what's the alternative and um, you know, I, I, um, I don't want, uh, I don't want those three years to define me. You Mm. know, I don't, I don't want that to, and it's, it, it, It just for anybody listening, it doesn't come naturally. It's not in my nature to be like this. I'm willing myself to be like this. Um, Mm -hmm. I am forcing myself every day. um, And there's days where I have to take a Xanax, there's days where I have to just play video games all day because I just can't cope with it. Um, You know, I have family, I have friends, I have. Huey Lewis and Howard Jones and Toad the Bed Sprocket, you know? I, <laughs> you know, Taylor, who's the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi sending <laughs> me Bible verses. I have people encouraging me, you know, I have Tony Bancroft. I have, you know, uh, just, so I, you know, um, and, and like I said, like I told you earlier, my wife, she's been listening to the podcast, uh, you know, the, the Sincast podcast to, to encourage her. Mm. Uh, and, and so you know, you, you you find you find those those people that that keep you going and um uh, and, and again the alternative isn't isn't something I want to look at, you know. So this is but it is. It's 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 a force of will, it's not a natural thing. I mm-hmm. I, I, I would be terrified of someone who naturally is like that. I think <laughs> something, something's wrong, you know, if you
1: all right, everybody, it's time to talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp.
2: Better BetterHelp. BetterHelp Better is good. I'm going to tell you, I know good things. There's good things out there. BetterHelp is a good thing, mm. And, mm. and and it helps mm. people. It it's does. It's an online counseling service. This thing was ahead of its time, I tell you. Uh, they've got an online platform where you can do counseling with thousands of licensed counselors uh, from all over the U.S., they're still recruiting these uh, these uh, counselors because you can imagine the demand uh, that we're having these days, uh, especially in these troubled times, like every commercial will remind you, in these challenging times. Better help is something that you could definitely rely on. What you do is you sign up, you answer a few questions at the beginning, uh, and then you get matched with the counselor. I swear to God, this is not just okay, we're going to throw you with uh, somebody who's a generalist, someone who uh, can can take a, a, a bunch of different uh, disorders and basically just kind of like pick and choose and, 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 and treat one symptom or the other. These are people that are matched with the thing that you want to work on, okay? And uh, that is a rarity in this field. Trust me, I worked in it for a long time. Uh, the, the platform is fantastic They've got worksheets. They've got a communication like text board. You can schedule your appointments easily. It took me five seconds to schedule my my last my next appointment last time. I hung up with my therapist and then immediately went. She's available next Tuesday at whatever. Booked it and that's it. Uh, and it's 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 amazing. You don't get that with any other counseling service, especially on the front end. Uh, this, this consolidates everything. You can do chat options. You can do video options. You can do a call. You can do a check. And I want to say one thing about this service on that main page. People not only are needing consistent therapy and consistent counseling, but they also need crisis counseling. This is not a crisis counseling service, but you look down at the bottom left of your counseling page and they have a link for resources. And this is amazing. They've got domestic violence hotline, suicide prevention hotline, Hopeline, crisis text, self-harm, Planned Parenthood, LGBT, AIDS crisis. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing the, the, the infrastructure that they've built here. It seems like they've thought of, of everything. They're worldwide. They're in different countries. Uh, I'd encourage anyone that has problems with stress, uh, with anxiety, with I hate to say this but ennui like ennui that goes deeper than your your regular like I'm bored because the responsible people who can have been at home for nearly 5 months now there's going to be a certain amount of of boredom and ennui and even sadness and depression that 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 creeps in even for the most quote normal of us uh this is something That uh, is a a great option at BetterHelp.
1: And uh, we've had a few listeners uh, come back to us and say that they've gotten on this service and uh, they've they've uh, have thanked us for, you know, sort of uh, bringing this up. You know, they they have their own sort of testimonials that have come back to us. And uh, that's, uh, you know, it's gratifying to hear that some of you out there are getting the help that you need. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
2: If you feel like you need uh, some sort of counseling, uh, do what's best for you. All right, but this is a great option. Uh, I speak from experience. We've we've worked with a lot of people uh, that have used this and have had similar experiences. Um, if you don't get along with your therapist, meaning if if you don't feel like that it's working, if you don't feel like it's productive uh, for you, obviously try to give it a chance. But if it's not Change counselors. This is an option. There's no judgment. There's no uh, problem with it. Uh, it's something that they anticipate because you don't get along with everybody all the time. Uh, I kind of hit the jackpot with my counselor the first time, and uh, I've I've felt tremendous growth. But if if that's not the case, then then go to the other one. So uh, go to BetterHelp.com, hel com slash syncast You get 10% off your first month. Uh, which is not nothing. Uh, If you have issues with money, let them know. Let them know up front. Uh, There are options. Uh, Don't let that deter you. Uh, This is just a great service, people. You've heard us talk about it before. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Um, This this came along at the right time, the right place, and we heartily endorse it. Betterhelp.com slash SYNCAST. Do it if you need it now, not later. Now,
0: yeah, uh, you know, I, I was um, as we got closer. I was introduced to uh, a wonderful guy named Olivier from Netflix, who's, in, who's uh, one of their marketing people, and he has been that that bright spot for us. Um, he's been somebody who has been encouraging us and and helping us. To uh, him and his whole team has been helping uh, helping us just kind of navigate that. Um, you know, cause we, we, have still been dealing with stuff and, um, uh, you know, it's nice to have someone who's on that side who could say, don't worry about this. This will pass. Don't worry about that. That'll pass. And, and so that's been really good. I, I've got some more notes over. I'm trying to see. some. <laughs> <videos>.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask you. You have alluded to. Uh, there's still some stuff going on. Is there anything yeah. that you can talk about uh, as yeah. far as stuff going on?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to keep it in chronological order because otherwise it gets confusing to me. Right. And, um, so, uh, so what what happened is is you know Netflix. One of the things Netflix does is they don't market. Um, they're, they they, they told me very, at the very beginning, we're a tech company. Um, we're, we're not, a, we're not a Hollywood studio. We're, we're a tech company. And so we are, um, they they're just, they look at, they look at analytics and, uh, and I respect them for it. They know, they know their business. We got 200 million subscribers. I'm not going to argue, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, we, our film had such a bad reputation from those three years. And we, we just knew Donna and I, we just knew we had to, we had to do a marketing for it. We had to, at least from a grassroots thing. And so we started just posting. I've been posting for the last 30 days or so on the Instagram page, on the Facebook page, on the YouTube page, behind the scenes footage that I, I recorded from my iPhone uh, anything that I could do to just, uh, you know, get people interested, knowing that the day was coming, knowing that the day was coming. And uh, Tony Bancroft, uh, my co-director and I, we did uh, some podcasts. We did the Annecy Film Festival, which was a virtual thing. Uh, Harry Mock, who I might've mentioned in the first uh, podcast, he was the guy who went and found us the first money. He and I, we've been doing radio shows, drive time radio shows around America. He huh, you know, nice. we, we we had a friend of his who would put us on, you know, hey, we're in Cleveland. Hey, we're in Memphis. Hey, we're in. You know, and we would just do live radio shows. And we were just talking about the film and talking about the film and, and everything we could do. And I just I, I said, I'm not going to let a single post anywhere go unanswered. And, and that's what I've been doing. Um, we got um, sorry, I got so many things I wrote down <laughs> that I'm trying to look at. It. Um, yeah, so, so basically we, we got to the point to where we did everything we could. It's last Thursday. It's the day before the movie goes live. Um, we've been telling every family member, everybody we know, and we're just kind of getting ready to do a big push, uh, for Friday morning and um i get this email from uh, a guy from variety magazine and he says um do you want to comment on this lawsuit nice lawsuit what <laughs> lawsuit no 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 comment no no um a couple hours later there's an article about uh one of the um and this is all public information, but one of the uh, distributors was never paid by the investor who took over the film and this was trying to get the film shut down the day. Like we're going to stop the film from coming out. <laughs> the- and this is three hours from release. Oh my God. And, and, uh, and they were going to a judge for a temporary restraining order. And um, I, I mean, I kind of went, of course, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. Said,
1: You were half expecting it. Yeah,
0: I I honestly, I was like, "This is the part where you find out that Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time." (laughs) What? Wait a
1: minute! (laughs) I haven't seen Die Hard yet,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I just, I, I, I think I sent it to you guys. I was just like, I was like, "Can you believe this?" You know, and and I just. And, and all I could do is I, I, I sent it to Netflix I sent it to Olivia Netflix and I go, what do we do? And he was just so calm he's like, nothing. He goes, just get some rest tomorrow's a big day your movie's coming out I'm like well, but wow. these guys are they're gonna go judge He says the, it, it, the, the, um, the meeting with the judge is at 8:30 a.m. Pacific time the next day so it's definitely coming out it might go away eight and a half hours later. Oh, my <laughs> it's, God. it's definitely coming out. So I woke up in the morning and Donna woke up in the morning at 6am. And we were just like flooded with just, you know, people saying, Oh my God, I stayed, there was friends who stayed up till two in the morning, you know, Franklin time, you know, Tennessee time to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so we just, we, we, Responded to every text message, email, you know, Facebook Messenger, whatever it was. We were nervous. We were going, you know, just knowing everything we had been through. We were just okay. We were expecting it, and then I don't know about around twelve o'clock noon uh, our time. I got a message from Olivia saying the judge didn't grant the restraining order. You guys are good to go. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. But. but if you, if, you know, if any of, any of your listeners want to go and look up, um, the Variety article, it was this, this, this reporter was amazing. They dug up all of those documents I told you that I sent to defend myself during my law and order days. Um, they dug up every, cause they're all public. Mm-hmm. Um, that I guess that's the thing about a federal lawsuit was it's public. And you can look them up, and um, and I think you got to pay like twenty five dollars to have like a monthly account or something like that. But whatever it is, they must have paid for it, and they downloaded all of my emails, all of my uh, rebuttals and conversations where I showed what was going on, and they dug up everything, and it was like an open wound. I felt naked, you know. It was really hard to read. It was it was painful. It was every. It was like reliving everything, you know, and, and to read that three hours before my movie comes out was really hard. Yeah. It was really hard. It was because I had spent the last thirty days trying to forget about it and just trying to focus on the positive. And then that just gets thrown in my face again. And that was really tough. And and I just you know, um, it, I've, I've moved past it now, you know, and, 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 but it was, that, that was, you know, it, it, nothing has been, cause people are like, aren't you excited? Aren't you like bouncing off the wall? Your movie's out. And I'm saying, I, I, I'm not that bipolar. I can't go from that low to that high. I can't. Everything is tempered by the weight I still have around my neck, all of the lawsuits Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to look at this, but, I'm not jumping up and down. I'm not, uh, uh, elated. Um, I don't have that light of a spirit right now. I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm still too heavy. Uh, but, um, I am thankful. I'm so thankful that the, that the film finally came out. And, and that's, you know, that's been something my wife and I have been doing almost every hour is, you know, we just need to be thankful. We need to be, you know, we made it. You know, yeah, we made it. It's not how we expected it to be. And it was <laughs> yeah, an enormously difficult road. And, and I don't know if it's over. I don't know if I'm going to be in court. I don't know if, if I'm going to get sued for what I'm saying here on this call. I, I, I honestly don't know. But um, I did find out that pretty much anybody could sue anybody for anything if they have enough money. And mm. if you don't have money, you're going to lose. And that's that's what the, the, the court, when I would call the court and I would say, what they're saying is lies how can i'm sorry mr Sava we're not allowed to talk to you yeah but they're just they're just i need to be able to defend myself well then you're going to need to get a lawyer i don't have a lawyer i don't have the money for a lawyer and basically the response i got was that's why the person with the most money wins mm-hmm. it's not about right or wrong it's the person with the most money wins and um and i just it's 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 tough it's tough to just to know that you exist in a world like that, you know, where, um, you, you, it's not enough to be right. Right. And, uh, and and I, and I, that's how I was always brought up. I was always brought up, you know, be a good person and be, you know, and, and, and be truthful and be honest and, and, you know, do the right thing. And that just didn't happen.
1: You're like, uh, have you ever seen the insider Al Pacino, uh, movie about the, uh, uh, tobacco industry. It's about 60 minutes trying to make a, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a real thing. 60 minutes, uh, interviews, uh, a whistleblower from Brown and Williamson talking about how they put a certain uh, drug inside the cigarettes to, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, make people uh, addicted to cigarettes and everything. And, uh, so he, he interviews this guy and then CBS due to threat of lawsuits and everything like that is unable to show the entire uh interview and they have to cut it cut it. they have to like uh like put a silhouette over his face and they have to do all sorts of stuff and and then uh then uh Lowell Bergman is who Al Pacino's playing he tries to get you know his, you know Mike Wallace who did the interview to to help him out. Like, you got to be the guy that sort of takes charge of this. You're the one that everybody listens to. And Mike Wallace even doesn't do enough. But by the end of it, you know, they finally get to show the full interview and after all this work and after he's expended every single last thing and, uh, and, uh, somebody comes up to him and he's like, uh, so, Hey man, it's finally up. It's up on the, it's up on screen. And, like aren't you excited about that and he's like what i don't know man what happens next time when there's a big story do i do i tell a source that you know we'll get we'll we'll take care of you maybe you know <laughs> i can't i can't i can't give anybody my word anymore yeah. and uh and so like while it might be a relief to finally get that thing you know to be seen and everything he is completely spent by this point yeah. he's lost all of his like you know, like I, I, everything that I thought this business was is not what it what I thought it was. And, yeah. and now I'm ready to move on. Uh, yeah. And I can totally understand why now that it's finally out, you have just you've you've, you've spent you're spent at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's
0: it's been, you know, the last it five days, four days, mm-hmm. uh, five days, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, the last five days um, have been. Up at 6 a.m., my wife and I, we get up and we, I have gone, uh, I wrote it down, I've, I've gone down, I've gone to Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. I've been Googling every, refreshing every 10 minutes, any new news, any new articles, any new reviews. I am thanking the bad reviewers as well as the good reviewers. Um, I am going to, I'm trying to respond to everybody. So I go on to Twitter and I just do a search for it, the word animal crackers. And anybody who's talking about animal crackers, I talk to them. And I've been talking to everybody. Wow. And that is my – I, I must have – I don't know. I must have spoken to about two, 3,000 people a day. Wow. And and I am just – there is no YouTube channel. There is no nothing that I haven't responded to that I know of. And, uh, and so I have been doing my best. My wife, she's been going on to – uh, God, what is it? She's been going on to next door, uh, grown and flown, live well, uh, mommy forums, Insta stories. <laughs> so we have been just- Tinder, Grinder,
2: <laughs> like anything. right,
1: totally Bumble. <laughs> oh, God, this is this is something that I have noticed about you, by the way, Scott. Uh, is that you are a serial responder? Uh, like, yeah. Um, when I went back to look at that article from cartoon brew and you know, the first comment is from Tony Bancroft who's, you know, who's like, you know, this is why I've gotten business with this guy and everything. And then you respond back to him and then somebody else says something and you're responding. You were like responding to everything. That was two years ago. Um, and then when we did uh, our podcast a couple of years ago and people were commenting, you were commenting along with them the entire time and everything. I think it's effective, um when you're trying to get something going to be that person you put a person in front of the in front of the art people start to uh you know they start they they connect to it a little bit different way um uh i mean it's easy to be like you know uh to be this guy who watches it and they're like oh this was trash or whatever but like once somebody comes on there and says hey man uh, totally respect your opinion, but blah 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 blah. Then, then they'll back off a little bit, and they say, yeah. "Oh, yeah, you know what? It makes it real. There is a human being." Behind yeah, this. it makes it real to them.
0: I, I, I want, I want people to know that there is a human being behind this. That there is that there is someone who wrote a story for his kids. Um, I want them to know that I have feelings, you know, and and that I genuinely want people to enjoy the movie. But I respect if you don't. I mean, it's not for everybody, but um, it, it's. I, I want to be out there. I, I, the way I look at it is I'm campaigning like a politician would, but I'm doing it, you know, on, on social media, I'm going door to door and I'm saying, hi, my name is Scott Christian and I made a movie and I hope you like it. And, uh, I just, it's been, you know, from 6am to 11pm for the last five days. And, uh, I, I don't know how, but, somehow we're at number two on Netflix. That's what I I wanted
2: to brag on you a little bit. This is not normal. This is not normal for a movie to do this. It's not just that you got distribution and that you went through this ordeal and finally, oh, it's out. Some people will watch it. No, fuck that. No, you are number five as of this recording overall on Netflix.
0: Including TV shows,
2: And number two in movies. I, I don't know if you're aware of this. There are a lot of movies on Netflix. There's a lot what? of fucking movies on Netflix. No, I'm using totally new information I'm using profanity for this wonderful children's movie, but listen, there's a lot of movies mm. on Netflix and only one of them is number two right now. And <laughs> what that, number one, uh, kissing, kissing Jessica Stein or something like that.
3: <laughs> what? No, it <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> the kissing
2: booth too. It's Kissing it's Booth story. Oh, What Here's the story. hell is that?
0: No. Look, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. So, it's a Joey
4: uh, King movie. tween romance.
0: What I understand, look, it was it's based on a, a, a young woman's novel, and and I applaud the fact that they've already even picked up a Kissing Booth 3. Um, mm, they've
4: already filmed it. They've already filmed
0: so it. I, the, the one thing that was really hard for my wife and I to to get past was Um, we, you know, they, Netflix is promoting The Kissing Booth too, Mm. and and rightfully so. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, we never even got our film on their YouTube channel. We never even got a shout out on Twitter. We never got anything. Mm -hmm. So everything you are seeing is my wife and I, we got Tony Bancroft, you got, you know, uh, and 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 I will give full credit to Olivier and his team who have helped us out. But from you know, from a corporate point of view, we we I don't think they thought our film was going to do anything. You know, again, I mean, I, I I I don't think it was anything nefarious on Netflix's part so much as I don't think they gave us a second thought. Mm. And so, uh, you know, we had to let people know we've been, this has been a complete grassroots. You guys helped us out. All of our friends and family have been helping us get the word out, but we hadn't, we, we I still have yet to get a retweet or, 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 or anything, not even a like from all the stuff I'm posting. I, I, I haven't gotten it from um, John Krasinski. I haven't gotten it from Danny DeVito or Sylvester Stallone. Hmm. Um, Ian McKellen again, Ian McKellen keeps coming back, sharing stuff, retweeting stuff, helping us out. Patrick Warburton's been amazing. James Earl Taylor, Tara Strong, even Gilbert Gottfried and Harvey Firestein are jumping in from time to time. Yeah. But, you know, we are doing what we can to really, you know, it, it's, it's just that feeling of my wife and I, it's like, it's, it's just us. It's just us. That's how it was when we first made the movie. That's how it was. When, when we had to defend our movie, there was no one, there was no one there. No one was, no one was helping us. Um, and so it was just us. And so, you know, we keep coming back to, it's just you and me, you know, we, we have to do this ourselves, you know, we have to. And so, you know, thank God we have a great, a wonderful family We have wonderful friends. Um, we have colleagues uh, that have, that have, you know, joined, joined in to help that. But yeah, I mean, seeing a kissing booth too, you know, number 1, number 1, number 1, number 1, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of an unfair advantage <laughs> because we didn't have that same opportunity. They had 10 million YouTube views on the Netflix channel, you know, before that even happened. Um I just we we were we were working with a handicap, so I think for us that just makes us feel even a little better that we've been able to stick around at number 2. We didn't even think we'd be in the top ten, honestly. Oh, it's amazing! We were- you're
2: you're on the first line of the Netflix originals on both the movie page and the regular page, and and it's and now it's everywhere. It was funny the first time, the first day, I sat the family <laughs> down and we watched it. I now have a twelve year old boy. The first time we watched it, he was nine, uh, just about to turn ten, and my f- two year old nephew. They both loved it. Now he has moved into action movies. My my boy, obviously, and uh, he we can't get enough of Fast and Furious and Star Wars and all that stuff. And I was like, we're gonna st- sit down and watch uh, Mr. Scott's movie. And he was like, I kind of remember that. And so we watched it. And I asked him afterwards, I was like, did you like that? It didn't really have you know the 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 cars going to space and stuff like that. And uh, and he was like, I liked it. And I was like, yes. So I think I think Netflix both may have underestimated the timing of this, obviously. The fact that there there is precious little content, especially with an elevated cast, with an elevated art design, that kind of thing, uh, for that demographic, the 7 to 10-year-old, the 5 to 12-year-old, to if you want to stretch a little bit. And plus the adults enjoying it too because, among other things, they love the actors and that kind of thing. Uh, so I think it it it's a... It came out perfectly, even though everything else about it was imperfect.
0: <laughs> the, movie, guess, the movie is grim, we were one judges ruling away from it going away the, the next morning, you know yeah, I mean Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. It's so scary. And you know, the the thing I keep hearing, and this is, I think, what's really cool, is the uh, I, parents have been messaging me on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Instagram saying their kids have watched it three, four, five, six times <laughs> yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think to the point to where they're getting annoyed with their kids.
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, f- I, for any kid's movie.
0: yeah. But I will say this. I was cheating a little bit because my dad has woken up every morning. Uh, yesterday was his 91st birthday. Um, he has woken up every morning and turned it on and watched it. Nice. Nice. So- <laughs> That might have been cheating and I apologize to Netflix. I'll pay you guys back. No, that's
2: all right. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the demographic has now reached from five to (laughs) ninety
3: one. That's That's
1: correct. Um the now that Netflix has been more open about how many times movies have been watched and everything, do you have any kind of information about that? Do you know how many streams
0: this, this goes back to my wife and I our distrust. you know, we, it's been now five days. The movie has been number two. Um, I haven't heard from Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, other than Olivia, who's, you know, made, I haven't heard from anybody at Netflix. People are asking me, Hey, are you going to do a sequel? I've already got a sequel written. Oh, I've yeah. already got it ready. Ooh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know because because of everything that happened, we're worried that maybe mm-hmm. that lawsuit, maybe the investor, maybe something is, is going to keep us from knowing. Maybe maybe you know somebody's upset, maybe something went wrong. We don't know, we're in the dark. So mm-hmm. all I could do is speculate, but you know we're worried, we're concerned that um, we we'll never we'll never know how well it did. Just mm. what we'll have is those public number two, whatever, and, you know, eventually it'll go off the top ten list and we'll just never know. But I would love to hear. It. I mean, that would make me so happy to hear it was you that know, is- the best opening ever that they've ever, you know, or something Whoa, sure. like that. Well, I mean,
2: it has to be something like that. But that's fascinating because we get frustrated as just normal average Joes not knowing, you know, you can compare box office figures and we have yeah. many times but we get frustrated at not knowing really you know how many streams uh uh, uh well we do know how many streams according to netflix old guard has or something like that yeah. but that's got to be frustrating you you're the creator you're the, the 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 person that should be informed of this stuff and even you are are kind of kept in the dark at least to, you know to this point that's that's bizarre. I've heard this before though this is not this is not just with Scott
4: I've heard this before that other directors have been asked I think David Ayer about Bright was asked when that first launched how's it doing and he said I don't know they don't tell me anything <laughs> <Yeah>. um <clears throat> I may be picking the wrong direct, but there was a there was a director and a Netflix original that I saw that interaction about I think that's a, a Netflix thing they don't they don't give out information to very many they people
0: they uh, like last couple months ago, they posted about the Willoughby's
3: Mm, mm
0: -hmm. Willoughby's did 30 million views in the first month. Uh, And they said that, and then they ranked them. And I think extraction was their number one at about 90 million views in the first month. Mm. Uh, But they said that Klaus, according to the, the two original films that they had, which was Klaus and the Willoughby's Klaus did 40 million in the first month. And the Willoughbys did thirty million in the first month. So I know that they are releasing some information now, which is fantastic. Because I mean, if you look at thirty million times, say ten dollars a pop for a you know a movie ticket, that's three hundred million dollars. Yeah. If you, you know, kind of equate that to a, a movie ticket, and um, so I I, I I would love to hear that. I just said just because of everything we've been through. And this is nothing on Netflix. I'm just saying because of everything we've been through, we just don't know. And we just don't know what to expect. We don't know if there's something you know, legally going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about. And uh, so I would love to – trust me, I would love to be in the know. But right now we're just – all we're doing right now is um, we're going to try to keep it in the top ten for as long as possible, uh, and we're just going to just – keep thanking everybody, uh, that, that says anything nice about it, that, that, you know, that you know, should, I mean, people are sending, you know, they're posting on Instagram or whatever. Or here's my kid watching it for the fifth time. You know, <laughs> people send us pictures of their dog. My dog likes your film, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And, and so I, I, um, I've really, really, I think we're, we're trying to soak that in because, you know, again, it's never this, this perfect happy ending moment. You know, it isn't, it's, it's this mixed bag of, you know, you get a letter from a lawyer on the same day that you get this great review, you know, you get this, so you get those ups and downs and you just have to, um, you just have to just focus on those positives, know that the negatives are always going to be there and just look at your accomplishments you know, you know, we, we have to keep telling ourselves, we made a movie, Mm -hmm. we made a movie. I mean, how many people get to say they made a movie and, and, um, and so even if it's you know, no one likes it or what, we still did something. And I think that's, that's the most important thing is to just um, acknowledge your accomplishments. It's my first movie. I was hoping I could make more so that way I can improve. It's, no one's the best the first time they do something. So, I, you know, and, and I, I think that's been another thing I've really loved is people, well, unsurprisingly, people are very vocal about things they don't like about your movie. And, uh, (laughs) so, but you know, uh, I found out that the term gypsy is a, is a racial slur for Romanians. I didn't know that, Hmm. you know, for me, it was always just a, uh, a romantic, you know, with gypsy magic, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a romantic thing, but I had several people on Twitter. Let me know. Originally the original tweet was. Oh, my God, Netflix, I can't believe you'd allow uh, racial slurs like gypsy on your thing. I'm never going to watch this movie. I'm never going to do it. And so I went on and I would say, look, I'm the writer. I take full responsibility. I had no idea. Please tell me. And we had great conversations about it. They'd explain why they would send me links and this and that. And I would say, this is amazing. How, How else am I supposed to grow as a human being unless someone tells me, you know, rather than like a cancel culture where you just instantly, okay, you did this, you're done. Explain it to me. Tell me what I did wrong. Let me become a better person from. Mm. It. And and so that that was really amazing. Uh, I you know I have people uh, who who want to see more representation. People, you know, whatever it might be, and I'll take that. I'll, I'm writing notes. I'm keeping that information. And if I get to make another movie, I'm going to utilize that. So that's that's the whole point of doing something. It doesn't your first thing, your second thing, your tenth thing doesn't have to be a success. But the the lessons you learn. In doing those, hopefully, will will make you a better person and a better writer, director, whatever you're doing.
1: I've got a two-part question now.
0: Uh,
2: I'll take the <laughs> third part first. Oh, wait. Oh, yes. it's take the me. third part part. Part.
1: <laughs> part D. Um, uh, so I need to know what, uh, now that the reviews are out, what is your favorite review that you have seen from whatever media it might be? And not necessarily your most hated review, but what point do you see hammered in negative reviews that you think is unfair?
0: All right. So I have two favorite reviews. One is positive. One's negative. Okay. Um, My favorite review, I think so far has been the mama's geeky, uh, review because, um, her daughters watched it so many times and uh, just her enthusiasm and her daughter's enthusiasm. And they did an interview after, and now they're going to be reviewing the book. And, and I just, I loved that. I wish more reviewers who are reviewing animated movies had kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I think, you know, if you know who the audience is, you're not going to be expecting citizen Kane, you know? Right. And, and I just, and I think if you if you understand how kids work, and and I think that's just so much better. And and uh, Tessa from Mama's Geeky was just she got it, she understood it, she was just such a wonderful person. I loved speaking to her. Now, the New York Times review was so so funny. It was it was so bad. I mean, I read it in the in the voice of the the critic from Ratatouille. And, <laughs> and you have to, it is I had to look up like 12 words that he was using. <laughs> so good. I want to print it out and frame it. It was so so good. So um that was really fun. I I don't take the negative reviews badly. Um again it's it's people's are people are allowed to have opinions. Um what I didn't like was those negatives. Re- those negative reviews have lowered our Rotten Tomato scores. You know, uh, now we're at like, I think right now, 52% at, at, uh, for critic reviews, but from the fans, we're at 92%. Yeah,
2: that's mm-hmm. a huge disparity. And that's it what is. matters.
0: Yeah. But you know, the thing is, is that, you know, we, the Willoughbys is a darker movie. Klaus is a gorgeously animated 2D movie, you know, um. We're not going to do a, 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 I lost my body, you know, that's, that's not our type of, of storytelling, but that's the kind of stuff that wins awards. I want to be the Hanna-Barbera, mm. not the Walt Disney. Mm. I want to be the guy who does the Flintstones and the Jetsons. And, and, you know, I, that's what I want to do. I want to be the one who's, cause I've got so many ideas. I just want to just, I want to make kids happy. I want to tell fun stories. I'm not looking to, to, to make art in that way. Um, and, and I think once I I wish there was a category for critics who are, you know, Hey, we're going to review this from, for you know, for what parents are going to think and what, that's what I would, I like whenever I see reviews like that, I really love it. And I'm sorry, Chris, what was the second part of the question?
1: (laughs) Do you see something that's particularly hammered in the negative reviews or even in the positive reviews that you think is unfair or needs explanation?
0: Um, I, I think uh, it's we weren't able to edit the film mm-hmm. uh, and this isn't an excuse. The film that you were watching is the film I made and I was happy with Tony uh, Bancroft, Dean Laurie, Jamie Thomason. So many you know people on the team were like, Scott, you're adding way too much backstory you know, like, yeah, but it's important that you understand this relationship. And, and I really, and, you know, and, and this character is so cool and I want to have this and I want it. And so the first 20 minutes is a bit of a mess. I, after sitting on it for three years, I wanted to finally go, okay, we'll cut some of this stuff out. And we, we had edited it down by about 15 minutes and it was mm-hmm. a lot more streamlined. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't have control over what was delivered. And, mm. uh, and so the, the, the most common thing is the beginning's a bit long. The beginning's a bit convoluted. Uh, and I, I take full responsibility because you're basically looking at a director's cut of the, of the film. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you really want to get into it uh, with the kids. You want to get right to it. And really, when John and Emily, you know, come on board, when when Owen turns into a hamster, in the, in the, in the minivan, that's when the movie really from then on, I think it just cruises. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really think we stick the landing. No one's had a problem with the landing. Um, but yeah, that opening, I, if I, if I had a chance to, I would, I would do it, but you know, maybe not. Now that enough people have seen it. And I think, you know, when you watch it a few times, you can kind of, you kind of get into it. Now the biggest question that people have asked was where's, where's Owen's dad? And that's the biggest question. And the, the, the honest answer is uh, the story had changed. We had rewritten it 30 times. Originally, there it was just a guy who gets a letter saying, you know, you've inherited a circus. So you didn't ask who his dad was. You know? Yeah. It was just a story about a guy who inherits a circus. But then I started adding all this backstory, and they have the same last name, and Buffalo Bob has the same hair color as him. So it starts to get confusing. But it's just one of those things where you don't notice that hindsight after thirty you know revisions of a script that oh this is confusing. You don't know that until two hundred million people are watching it. (laughs) Yeah. This is a common thing. So I've been just just between you and me and whoever's listening, um, I've been responding with oh. There's a third brother that's Owen's dad. I'm saving that for the sequel.
2: Nice. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. I
0: planned it the whole time. That's right.
2: Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I you did can want always to point get him out, in the sequel. I don't know
4: if this will make anyone happy, but me, it did make me happy. Uh, but the Kissing Booth Two is a twenty-six on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics mm. and a 44 with the audience. Mm. So you are trouncing that movie oh. uh, with the critics and the audience. <laughs> you probably don't want me to say that because you're too nice a <laughs> guy.
0: Again, I'm wondering if if critics and fans, your viewers don't like it. Why is it still at number one after five No days?
2: kidding. Don't yeah. yeah. Uh,
4: because I believe that 11 year olds often struggle to comprehend quality.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's
4: just it's just a fact. <laughs> and so I believe there are millions of teen preteen girls that want to fall in love when they get to high school that are watching this on repeat. They don't care if it's good because Jacob Alordi is hot.
3: Yeah. So it's like him.
2: that uh the Christmas prince or whatever that uh that somehow shot to the the top of the thing over the holidays, and even Netflix was yeah. like, "Why the fuck
1: are you guys watching this?" Yeah. <laughs> they have a new they have a new category on Netflix. The why the fuck are you watching this? <laughs> Losers. Hey, I've got a question for you, Scott. Did you watch
2: it day one? Did you turn it on day one? Did you sit down?
0: We we did, you know, we, we, we sat down and we. Uh, you know the funny thing is, is that I did a Q and a for a group of students at about seven o'clock, uh, my time. And so, you know, we had dinner, I did the Q and a, which took about an hour and then around eight o'clock we sat down and we watched the movie together. And, uh, so it was, I, I, we didn't like get to sit down and cause we like to watch movies while we eat dinner and kind of, we didn't get to do that. So it was kind of weird, but it was, it was, it was really fun to watch it. And, um, you know, we, we teared up so many times. You know, just because there's so many memories. I can imagine, and so many moments. And you know, uh, my son Brendan plays young Owen, and Donna plays Petunia. And you know, there's uh, Greg Hildebrandt, who's a wonderful, you know, amazing artist. Uh, he his painting is in this one thing. Joey's Pizza from you know, you guys know Joey's Pizza because we talked about yeah. that. Joey's Pizza's in there. Um, you know there's there's so many we could hear family and friends who are in the crowd and uh and and just it, it's it it was it was kind of like a family reunion you know oh. it's kind of like just you know looking through an old scrapbook and uh and so i once we got past like i said just some of the 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 reservations of okay, this isn't the film that we were going to deliver and the, you know, all of that stuff. We just sat and we just enjoyed it. And it was good. It was a really, really good, you know, hour and a half.
2: I can imagine that because you were most, if not all of those vocal performances, you're on the other side of the the recording booth, right? And you're, yeah. you're monitoring. I, I think you said that, uh, krasinski and blunt were in the same room together right yeah. and kind of interacting with each other, which you could totally hear now that you told that story i'd already seen it twice before we talked the first time this is the third time and now that you told me that i can totally picture that as they're in the yeah. car yeah. and they're interacting and all that stuff I've
0: been posting on, if you go to the animal crackers instagram page i've been posting some of the And and we're seeing this for the first time because they're just everything they do is just completely ad living. But there was so much stuff that we had to throw away. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, he's he's like, uh, Emily's like, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to do a circus. And and uh, and John's John saying, you know. We don't, don't know anything about a circus. And she says, but you've always loved a circus. And he goes, I love baseball, but you don't see me playing for the Yankees, you know? And, and, it was, and you know, we didn't use it, but there's so many, you know, we're there for four hours at a time, multiple times. And yeah. every single time there was something new. They came up with the, I like to eat apples and banana. They came up with so many gags. And you can, we tried to keep as much of their laughter in it and you could just see it, you know, when he's like, you know, your dad has me eating dog biscuits and you could just, <laughs> and so we are meeting Emily laughing because she's laughing. He's like, stop and think about that.
3: <laughs>
0: and, 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 and we'll dog biscuits for a job, you know, and it's just this, the, the delivery was making her laugh. And then there was the, uh, and I put it up on the, on the Instagram too, but it was, uh. You know when she originally goes. So what's in the box? He goes. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh man! It was just all of these funny little things. But yeah, you can you can hear the joy in 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 their in them while they're doing this. You can hear it in their voice, and and I think that was magical. Uh, Danny DeVito was so you know I I've never made a movie before. So I expected I was going to get um uh, oh god what was his name in taxi uh, Louis De Palma Yeah uh, that's it. I thought I was going to get Louis De Palma <laughs> I thought I was going to get the guy from Hoffa you know I thought I was going to get you know, you know, the 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 brother from Twins I th- you know I thought I was going to get that and I'm going but this this clown is supposed to be joy he's supposed to be laughter he's supposed to be and so I was nervous, but then Danny came in and he was just, you know, he was, you know, Hey, how you doing? I really love the script. You know, all right, let me get to work. You know I mean? It was just all business. But, but then he, you know, we start recording and he was just having so much fun. He kept making fart noises. And you get, and so, so we just, that became Chesterfield's thing. So there was a, and you, know, and, you know, and then he would do it physically. So he's, you know, pumping his arms and he's making, you know, fart noises and he's just, and so he was just so physical about it. And we were recording everything. And so we got that sent to the, uh, to the studio in Spain. And so, I mean, a, so much of those performances were, were because of the joy that the actors brought to it. And, uh and, you know that that again, like that was magical. I had nothing to do with. Well,
2: that. I, I can imagine you seeing it, you actually watching the movie. You're probably visualizing the the how they're interacting, especially with Stallone and stuff like that. I got to tell you, if if you're looking for an Ian McKellen performance where he goes for it, I forgot how much that guy like puts his cojones on the table and just like just nails it. I mean, there's yeah. there's no. Line that he's taking like a break, like he's taking a play off or anything like that. He's yeah. he's giving it gusto.
0: He didn't bat an eye when I put in front of him. Now fly, you fool! <laughs> 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 and he read it as if as if I was Peter Jackson, and I was just like, oh my god, he did. There's he has no ego about any of that. He went for it one hundred and twenty percent, and. I mean, come on. Do you know how daunting it is to have Ian, sorry, Sir Ian McKellen (laughs) reading lines that you wrote? If if you don't remember, I went to art school, okay? I have no business writing something that's going to come from the same lips as the guy who goes on stage and recites Hamlet, all right? There's no comparison. I mean – I got Ian McKellen to say he's got my butt. He's a bottom biter, and, and yeah, with gusto. Yeah, I'm still in. Shock. Uh, that's great.
1: The um, mm. yeah, if you ever want to know how much Ian McKellen, I mean, like the I, like, I really fell in love with Ian McKellen. Uh, I mean, not just through the Lord of Ring, Lord of the Rings movies, but when he has this episode of Extras, the Ricky Gervais show that mm-hmm. came oh my out. God. And his his appearance on that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, uh, because because he's explaining what acting is to Ricky Gervais, and and uh, he's like he's like you know yes yes when I'm on the when I'm on screen yes you'll see me I'll be like oh you shall not pass and everything and he's like but uh, but uh, here uh, you, you and I'm not actually Gandalf I'm not I'm actually I, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just acting is all I'm doing
0: <laughs> at the end of that, that that speech is when he wipes that single tear from his eyes <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the ones with the I tell you another thing that's good, uh, you know that it's on uh, Netflix now and everything is that their algorithm will be able to pick up a lot of because uh, you, you have so many people in this, in this movie, you know, people who watch the office yeah, will probably yeah. end up finding animal crackers. Um, yeah. There's so many just well-known voices, Danny DeVito, Patrick Warburton and, and, and Gilbert Gottfried and all these people like they, there's so much there that just about anything you watch, I can, I can imagine, uh, you know, that being suggested somewhere at some point. You know what's
0: uh, weird is there is, is people um, reviewers are calling it a musical.
1: Yeah.
3: Hmm.
0: yeah. I saw that. I saw that. I, I, I wasn't setting out. It's just I really like musical montages. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know, I, I, I am. do you guys remember the um, the episode of The Simpsons where Homer's asking Lisa to produce a video and he's he keeps saying to cut to star wipe? He's a star wipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> musical montages are my star wipe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i tell you what that uh the queen montage of the don't stop me now is visually and aurally
1: mm-hmm.
2: like just just yeah, fantastic right. like it it just that that's the splash page of the movie right like that's yeah. the uh yeah. the spot where everybody's having the most fun the characters are having the most fun you're probably having the most fun it's fucking yeah. queen for god's sakes and it, it just marries together perfectly. I just—I I was smiling the entire time.
0: It, it was so funny. And it's funny because, I, I on Twitter, people were like, "Really, we're going to use this Queen song again?" It was in this movie, and it was—I'm like, "But it was in my movie <laughs> six years ago." Okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and people keep saying, "Well, Bulletman's like, I am great. We did this before Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy." Yeah, so that's the yeah. Hard what part. do you? Say-
1: what are you supposed to do? Go back and change it where Stallone you- like suddenly starts to have a way more yeah, dialogue now? Yeah, come back in, uh, We need you hey, to do hey, some hey, media. We'll- <laughs> We'll a- we'll animate this on the fly, by the way, too. Just draw it as he's going on. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's another Simpsons thing where they're like, we're like Homer is like, do we do this live? It's like, it's like, no, Homer, the, the, the animation is hardly, is rarely ever done live. It's such a, such a huge bearing on the animators. you know. Okay, so it's finally out. It's a, uh, it's on Netflix. Everybody needs to go ahead and watch it. And uh and, hey, go to Rotten um, and Tomatoes
0: and get, if any yeah. critics are listening. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um we know at least one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yes, That's we do. Yes we do. Um but we would like to thank Scott for coming in and uh and uh giving us the update on this movie uh, and
4: sharing your soul and your feelings and did way more than just share the journey of trying to make this. I think you, you, you opened up, you know, your heart through this whole process. And I think that's why our listeners have connected to this story. So thank you for that.
0: No, thank you. Thank you guys for everything, for all the support and, and for checking in on me and, and meeting with me. And, and, um, but like I said, the, that, episode one hundred and thirty, you know, is just, it's, it's a, it's a moment in our lives that we keep going back to. It's, it's kind of like a, like a save point in a video game, you know, (laughs) Uh, we keep going back to that. And I just, um, it it helps us remember all of that stuff and uh, it means the world to us. I mean, it really does. It's been, it's been, you know, it was really fun. Yeah. Thank you guys. Well, we
4: know that you'll stay in touch. I do have the Animal Crackers graphic novel on the way to my house. Oh. And the next time we get together, I would like you to sign it. And we're going to put it in the Syn studio along with our <laughs> other keepsakes. Yep.
0: That's, that's So are we, are we going to see uh, you guys? Because you guys have to, I mean, do you have to completely tear apart this movie? Are you going to? Oh, see, you want us to send this movie? I want you to send this movie. <laughs> Well,
4: you heard it right there. So if we if we do it, I'm going to take that audio clip of you saying, "I want you to send this movie so that no one knows. at us." <laughs> I
2: <I'm, I'm>, <laughs> thought you were thought supposed to
3: be clear. friends.
0: Yeah. yeah, clear how much we love you. <laughs> and do we a favor. Read read the New York Times article <laughs> in the, in the critic from voice. <laughs> and then trust me, there's, you guys can't send it to where it's going to hurt my feelings. Uh, <laughs> really, really I hate that you gave All away right.
2: one of my outtakes, though, which was going to be the what's in the
1: box one that immediately <laughs> got <laughs> in my head.
3: What's
1: in the box? <laughs> Krasinski! Yeah. Our, our- our whole, our whole uh, Sins video will be like, look, I've talked to the director and I know that he meant to do this and everything, but come on. Look at this bullshit that's happening right here. Um, but, you know, what would be what would be interesting is if we do ever get around to that and everything is seeing you in the comments just battling. Like not only not only like uh, responding to people who love the video, but people who hate the video, too, and saying, you know what? You guys are wrong about the mo- the video that hates my movie. You know, that'll be an interesting thing.
0: Um I think they did a great job. My movie really does suck, you know? I'll be on your side. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, everybody go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Uh, Write your comments. And you know what? I have a feeling Scott might respond (laughs) uh, on, Mm -hmm. uh, on that. If you guys are going to say, terrible trashy things about the movie i probably won't comment back to you but um but uh he might Hey, you never know. I, I,
0: I'm Roz from Monsters, Inc. I'm watching you. Oh, <laughs> um, uh,
1: go to uh, uh, CinemaSense Twitter, music video MusicVideoSense Twitter. We're also on Discord and we're on SoundCloud. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page on the right side. There's a link or you can go to Facebook and private message me and I'll give you a link there. But that is going to do it for this episode. I'd like to thank Scott Sava for coming in once again. Yeah. It it's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.
2: Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.
1: Going back and listening to the uh, last one we did with you, and uh, and I heard you talk about the Hobbit hole, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> imagining it, imagining it, and everything, and there it is. There, yeah, <laughs> rotate a little bit.
0: There's the rest of it over there.
1: That's so cool. And, yeah, it is.
0: But yeah, it's pretty fun.
2: That's a perfect spot for creating. What are all the figurines you got over there?
0: Uh, I've got everything from Kiss. Down down at the bottom. Nice. Um, I've got uh, Captain America, Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Captain Jack, Marty McFly, Batman and Robin, uh, The Rocketeer, Superman. The Rocketeer?
2: I, yeah. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> and then I've got some old stuff like the original. Actually, here, I'll show you. Hold on.
2: <laughs> You've got a Marty McFly? <laughs> That's
0: awesome. <laughs> this is where Bullet Man came from. Oh, and Sweet. She, It's an old G.I. Joe. Oh, wow. (laughs) I had as a kid. And uh, yeah, so I got bunches. I got Six Million Dollar Man and uh, Micronauts and Shogun Warriors and a whole bunch of stuff from when I was a kid.
2: I'm not making a comparison, but I do remember in The 40-Year-Old Virgin... He did have the six million dollar
3: man. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> it just popped out.
4: And so it was movie, like <laughs> I thought it was the six million dollar man's boss.
3: Oh, that's right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I have seen that movie too many times.
1: <laughs> I know some dude in Mount Juliet who has like. Um, it's just an insane amount of uh, those kind of figurines. I think he's got a whole room dedicated to collectibles and things like that. Like the whole yeah. room. Uh, it's just an, it's a it's an uh, amazing collection, and that in itself back there is an amazing collection.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, thanks. Here's the secret of how I got them all. Uh, yeah, because we were on with the food stamps and everything before the movie happened. And uh, and then when suddenly we went from food stamps to there's $10 million in our bank account, uh, it, it took us a while to get a credit card. and We had to get a credit card so I could pay for flying out to London and, you know, which was expensive. Mm. It was like $5,000 a pop, you know, mm. to do because it was always last minute. And somehow we got an Amazon gift card, or Amazon credit card, like they approved us with, you know, our horrible credit. And so we were getting points. And so I was, you know, like, We would because we had 10 million dollars in the bank, we just needed it to buy it, so we would buy a ticket, pay it off. So there's five thousand dollars, buy another ticket, pay it off. So I was getting so many points, I was buying toys (laughs) with the free (laughs) points. (laughs) That's where they all kind of came from.
2: What do you have? What do you have there? An RE20?
0: Okay, like I know what I have. Um.
2: It looks like May, it's on the May front. You
0: know? I, I don't know. Um, I, got oh. it, I got it on Amazon. <laughs> well, with,
2: with your points. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wrote everything down on posted so I don't remember. I don't forget it, and I have them in chronological order. So. Oh, I was okay. a right. free, it was all right. If added, you guys want like to, I words. can give you guys
2: <laughs> what? I thought it was just that posted. It was two oh.
0: words. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <I> really <laughs> That's I, word. I'm going to remember everything. <laughs> these two words.
2: We had, uh, I've had, personally, several Twitter followers ask us, without knowing that you were coming on today, are you going to follow up with Scott? Because, you know, <laughs> Animal <laughs> Crackers came out on Netflix. I don't know if you're aware. Yeah, <laughs> like,
3: Fuck you, dude.
2: Have you not yes. seen, like, everything I've been tweeting about? <laughs> and that uh, that poster is so amazing. I look at it oh, out my door sense. every day. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Uh, and speaking of the poster, um, well, first of all, did you other, the other guys? Did you guys get it? Okay, I, or? I,
2: that's a, that's on me. I haven't delivered yet. Okay, okay,
0: okay. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, uh, speaking of poster, uh, I got to speak to Drew Struzan. Um, and if, if you guys don't know Drew Struzan, is just let me know. I don't. I, I don't know. Okay, Chris, look behind you.
4: Oh, Empire Strikes! Other
0: size, yeah. The Empire Strike. He did. All of those movie posters, oh. he did Indiana Jones, he did the Goonies, he did everything. There's a documentary, if you, you guys should really watch it, on Drew Struzan. Huh. Okay. He right. is the greatest movie poster illustrator of all time.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and uh, he, I, I got, you know, when we got our money in 2014, he had retired and uh and you know he was the first person i called to get a a movie poster you know i was like hi my name is scott would you please give me you know and he's like and and his wife dylan was like you know i'm sorry he's retired you know and i was like oh okay you know this is what i want to do and um they said they were just so nice they're like well you know next time you're in los angeles let's get together and we'll talk and uh so i came out to los angeles and i showed him the movie and everything and what, what what i was doing and i showed him my artwork and he said, you know what? He's like, you're so talented. You should make a movie poster. No, 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 not me. I, you know. <laughs> and uh, so he encouraged me to do a movie poster. And um, so I did a video interview with him on Saturday, him and his wife. And he's like, Scotty goes, I'm so happy that I didn't do your movie poster because your poster is perfect.
2: <laughs> oh. To have him tell
0: me that was just, I was in tears. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if, if you... Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Chris yeah.
2: Or Jeremy, this is your copy. <laughs> oh, Maybe we'll get to you eventually. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah.
0: So anyway, awesome. that was that was huge for me, and it's funny because I was an illustration major going to school, and uh, I, you know, do, making a movie, directing a movie was never on my bucket list of things to do when I was growing up. Um, so. The funniest thing was when we got our money. The very first thing was, I want to, I want to, you know, get some movie posters. I want to work with Drew Strews and I want to work with Greg Hildebrand. I want to, you know, I want to get some 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 movie posters done. That was all I cared about. was The stupid movie posters. It's <laughs> <That's
4: laughs> uh, amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. I just, I wanted to say what I stupidly my favorite things that you post are your sketchbook um, art <laughs> stuff and all your your it's... art travel journals and you have a very distinct and uh, a unique style uh, to me and uh i really really enjoy it mm-hmm. thank you man
0: I, I you know it's 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 uh there is a story behind that um which was uh i'm not i'm not delaying anything am i by just no
4: talking, no right? no wait. no dude
0: yeah no, oh, okay 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 um when we were so i i travel horribly i'm just so nervous and uh and, you know, I get an upset stomach and I'm, I'm just not a good traveler. And so I would have to fly to London or L.A. or New York or Spain. And by the time I get there, I just want to come home. You know, I just I, I just want to or I'm, or I'm huddled up in in, in, in the, uh, the hotel room and uh, and I'm just no good to anybody. And we. I was in Spain, which is, you know, 20 hours. It's Nashville to Atlanta, Atlanta to Paris, Paris to Valencia. It's a long trip and there's always a delay or a cancellation. And and so I was there and we were touring the school because uh, we had Tony Bancroft with us. So Tony Bancroft, you know, is, is a rock star in animation. You know, So it was Tony Bancroft is going to speak to the school. Okay, well, I'll just sit off here to the side and just wait to go <laughs> home because that's all I ever want to do. So they walked me around and they were one of the classrooms was filled with kids doing, and I, you know, I guess they're young adults or in their twenties, you know, but they're doing um, a still life class. So there's a you know bowl of fruit, you know, and whatnot. And they have the big uh, newsprint pads with the charcoals and they're sketching. I was like, Oh my God, I haven't done that since I was in college. And they said, would you like to do one? And they pulled up uh, an easel and a newsprint and all the charcoals and for an hour i just sat there and i sketched and for that hour my stomach didn't bother me i, oh, I had God. no anxiety or anything everything just melted away all that i was looking at was just the still life and what i was drawing and and i was so happy and i think that's when i realized i need to i need to draw that's that's wow. my my happy place and so i um here i'll show you this i i think i did this already right. i think i should have been, i should show you i don't know I showed you guys the sketchbook, the, the little, uh, the, it's like a military bag. That oh, yeah, yeah, in. yeah. I mean, yeah. So I've been taking that with me everywhere. And that's been just, I, you know, I went to, I had so many miles uh, that I had <laughs> three miles. I took my mom to London and Paris a couple of years ago uh, for her 80th birthday. Oh, and gosh. I would sit in the Louvre or the British Museum and I would sit and sketch and she would walk around. And she would, and I would just sit there, and I would sketch, and and I was happy, and she was happy because I wasn't rushing her because she's eighty, you know. And I was just sitting there sketching, you know. All right, you've uh, seen the
2: Mona Lisa. Let's go. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> there it is. You saw it. Let's go. You know. Um, but uh, it was it was great, and so I, I now that trip I was able to travel, and I think I only had to take a Xanax like maybe once or twice, and and it was which is huge for me, and. I was just much more calm and much more. And, and so I think that's been a really good thing for me. And so just even during the pandemic, it was really good for me to, to journal and write down my thoughts and what we were going through and everything and and on one page and then sketching every day. I think it's, there's, there's a therapy to it. Yeah, yeah, and I remember
4: one day reading a tweet you posted. You were like, Quarantine Day 36. And then, like, the next day, you were like, Quarantine Day 75. And I was like, <laughs> Holy hell, a whole month has gone by. <laughs> and I was like, The time was, ceased to have meaning to me. Except it's for your it's been Groundhog
0: Day, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, it really has. <laughs> It, it's usually my testimonial about how fucked up I am. So, uh, Hey, I'm happy
0: to join in if you need me.
4: <laughs> I have first-hand experience how fucked up Bear it is. Yes, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, <that's> correct. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the nail! That old bastard... I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs>